Well, good evening, church, and God bless you to everyone that is listening to us this evening. We are really happy that you have decided to spend some time with us tonight. Um, encourage you wherever you are to just take a break, stop whatever you're doing. I know there can be a lot of disruptions when we are inside the house, but I do want you to listen to the Word of God today, and so I'm going to encourage you to just pay close attention to what God wants to say tonight to you. I would like to start with a word of prayer, and so if you would please join with me as we open before the Lord in prayer. Thank you. Bow your heads with me. Father God, thank you that we have the opportunity to share your word and to see what the word speaks to us. I pray tonight these words would be life, that these words would be food that we can feed from, Lord, and be nourished in our spirits. I pray you strengthen everybody tonight and speak to us, Lord, in a powerful way. I pray this in the name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen and amen. Well, tonight I want us to go back to that last dinner the Lord had with his disciples. I will be speaking tonight from Luke chapter 22. In that famous passage of the Lord's Supper, I know immediately when I say the Lord's Supper, you get that image of Da Vinci with that incredible scene of Jesus seated with his disciples. Well, on that night, when I look at it, as I read it several times, it appears to me that the disciples just seem to be a little bit out of it. Here is the Lord on the final dinner, him knowing that this is the last time that he is with the disciples physically, right before he gives his life the next day. He's speaking to them about the future. He's actually speaking some incredible, powerful, and serious things that they need to listen to, to prepare them for the days ahead. What are the disciples doing? Well, they are arguing about who's the greatest in the kingdom. So they really almost miss what the Lord is trying to speak to them. I pray we do not do the same. We actually listen to what God is trying to tell us because we do the same thing many times. When God wants to get our attention, when he wants to speak to us about things that are important, when he wants us to set our hearts and our minds towards the things that are up above or things that are about the future, we may just be wondering about the things down here. Asking questions like, hey, honey, do we have enough groceries? Or am I supposed to wear my mask today or, or what? And so in the banality of just daily things, we may miss what God may be trying to tell us. I pray we do not do that tonight. And we listen to the incredible promises that are given to us on this passage of Luke chapter 22. Because there are seven words the Lord speaks Seven statements that as I listen to them, I get to hear what Jesus was trying to tell the disciples that night. And we get a sense of what God is doing behind the scenes on that evening. The first thing I want to focus tonight is that the Lord provides for our immediate need. Let me say that again. He, the Lord, provides for our immediate need. Need And this is important for us. Luke chapter 22, verse 8, the word says as follows. Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. The disciples asked, 
Where do you want us to prepare for it? He replied, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there and listen to this last part. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared for the Passover. This passage points out to one of my favorite attributes of God. I want to talk to you tonight about the providence of God. The providence of God. Now, if I look at that word providence, that word actually comes from two Latin words. There's a root word that is important for us to look at. The first one is pro, and you can see it right here, pro. That means first or before. And then the second word is videre, which means to see or to watch, to observe. And so what that attribute is telling us, when we talk about God's providence, we talk about the Lord who was there already and saw ahead of time. This is exactly what we see in the passage. The disciples are asking, where are we going to eat this Passover? And he just begins to give them this narration, a play-by-play exactly about what they're about to find. When you go to the house, you're going to find this gentleman. He's going to send you to this room, and this is what you're going to do. And though it may seem like a simple description of events, this word encourages me because I get to see that the Lord knows play-by-play exactly what is about to happen in the future. He is already ahead of us. He sees ahead. He is in the future. And him being in the future, he has already made provision for what we need ahead of time. Even before you ask it. And so, on times of uncertainty, such as we're living, you may be wondering, Lord, where am I going to get dinner? How am I going to make it during this time? Some of you have been furloughed or, or laid off. There's just a lot of difficult financial situations going on out there. And I want to encourage you. The Lord we served is a provident Lord. He is the God who is already in the future. What you're going through is not a surprise to God because he already walked there ahead of us. But you know what he already did? He already made provision for us even before we go there. That is the Lord's providence. And I want to encourage you with that attribute of God today. I cling to that promise and I cling to these words when I hear them. That the Lord had prepared everything ahead of time for them. He takes care even of my new details. Can I get an amen on that? I can hear you saying amen. The second thing the Lord provides in this passage is that he provides relationship. He provides relationship. And that can be found in Luke 22, verse 14. The Word of God says, When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And so I see the Lord as... A very tough night awaited him, and even a, an even more difficult day awaited him the day after this dinner. What he's telling them is, guys, I've been wanting to spend time with you. 
before things go crazy, because things were about to go wild that night, he's saying, I've been longing to commune with you. I've been wanting to spend time with you. It is the Lord's desire. It has always been God's desire to have communion with us. Right now, wherever you are, maybe, maybe you're with family at home, but maybe your family consists of one right now. And you're at the house, and you don't have a lot of people to talk to. The Lord provides relationship and companionship for us. I encourage you during these days that we're supposed to be alone. Well, don't be alone, completely alone. Be alone with Jesus. Spend some time with the Lord. In the passage, we see it not only on this one, but in so many. He desires to commune with us. In fact, there's a passage in Revelation 3 that says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody opens the door, I'm going to come in. And I'm going to have communion with him. So I encourage you, open the door of your heart. Open the door of your house and let the Lord come in. Be open to what God wants to tell you. Be open to spending time in prayer. Sometimes at the house, I just put on worship and just wait there still before the Lord just for a little bit to just, you know, have some time where I can commune with the Lord, but also to have those words have an impact in my life. I allow those words to have a, a, an impact in me and what I'm feeling at the moment. So the Lord has prepared for us relationship and companionship. Take advantage of it and let your relationship grow deeper during these days. Amen to that. The third thing the Lord has provided for us is that he provided a perfect sacrifice. He provided for us a perfect sacrifice. And Luke 22 verse 19 says, And he took bread and gave gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I see the Lord talking to them something they do not understand at the moment. To them, they're just breaking the Passover bread. To him, he is literally giving them a physical illustration of what is about to happen on the next day on the cross. I am giving you my everything. I am giving you my all. I have spent 33 years of my life saving myself as a perfect sacrifice, saving myself without sin so that I could give you, I could give you the perfect sacrifice, the unblemished sacrifice that will have the ability to save your life and cleanse you of all your sins. That is what he's given us here. He provided for us the perfect sacrifice. Later on that, on that same chapter, verse 22, it says, The Son of Man will go at, as it has been decreed. The Son of Man will go at, as it has been decreed. And so I like that because it reminds us that the Lord gave himself for us. He chose to give it all. No one took his life from him, but he gave it willingly. Later that night, the, there's a group that comes to arrest the Lord. And, you know, there's Pharisees and there's military people. And there's just 
just a mob getting ready to arrest them. And they ask, you know, who is Jesus of Nazareth? And he says, I am. And the Bible says the minute he spoke, everybody fell down. Everyone fell to the floor. At the power of the words of Jesus, everyone fell to the floor. Now, when you look at that, it might just seem like there is a, oh, that's a cool display of the power of Jesus. That's not just a cool display of the power of Jesus, even though I think it's pretty cool that the minute he spoke words, everybody fell down. What is happening at this moment is that when everybody is down, this is demonstrating that the Lord had an opportunity to flee the scene. While everybody is down, the Lord chose to stay. He still got arrested. That means he chose to stay. He gave his life willingly. No police, no mob that night took his life from him unwillingly, but rather the Son of Man will go as it has been decreed. The Son of Man went that night as it was already decreed. This is why we celebrate Easter. This is why Christians should be the happiest people during Easter, because we celebrate the perfect sacrifice given to you and me. And praise God for that. That's why we are rejoiced this Easter. In fact, I'm going to just insert this here. We I know we're not getting to meet physically this weekend during Easter, but we will be meeting online. And I do pray you join us on one of our services, whether it's Friday at 7, Saturday at 6, or Sunday at 9 and 11, 15. But I pray we would celebrate Easter together, that we would proclaim the name of the Lord, and that we would celebrate the perfect sacrifice that he gave to us. Amen? The next thing is that he provided... A new covenant. He provided a new covenant. Luke 22, verse 20 says, In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. When the Lord is lifting up that cup, just declaring in that moment of dinner, that this is the new covenant. He's already looking at the blood that was going to be poured out on the cross. And I know it's a symbol, but it's saying, I'm about to give it all for you. And I'm about to give you a new covenant. The covenants of the past, well, they didn't have the full effect. I fulfilled all those covenants, but I just don't fulfill all the covenants. I give you a new one. I give you a new promise. What I'm about to do is going to be the game changer. You're going to live a new life. My blood is going to wash you of all sins. And because of my sacrifice, I end all sacrifices. No more sacrifices needed because I give you a new covenant. The old covenant was corrupted. It was broken so many times. And in him, he's saying, I'm here to provide forgiveness because of my blood. I pray this weekend, if, if you don't serve the Lord, even I pray today that you cling to the blood of Jesus. What does that mean? If you're listening to us and you don't know what we're talking about, what we mean by that is because of the death of Jesus on the cross, you and I have salvation and we, we can be cleansed of our sins. And so 
Tonight I pray, at the end we're going to make a prayer. Tonight I pray that you receive that blood of the new covenant and you just ask God to save you. Amen. The next thing he provided for us is he provided a new kingdom. He provided a new kingdom. Verse, Luke 22, verse 29 says, And I confer you a kingdom, just as my father conferred one to me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, I don't know if in the midst of all of the arguments of the disciples on that evening, they got what he was saying. He's literally saying, I am giving you a new kingdom. You have been waiting for this Messiah to come to bring in a new rule and a new age, political age. Well, I'm going to give it to you. It's going to be a brand new kingdom. The kingdom we have here is broken. It's messed up. I am going to provide you a new life and a new way to live. That is what he's promising us as well. If you're looking at the government to be the thing that solves all your problems, well, you're going to be very disappointed. Because as you see right now, we see the governments of the world, global presidents, prime ministers, and kings trying to tackle with this situation of the coronavirus. They just, they're so clueless. It is, it is difficult. We do pray for wisdom, that the Lord would give them wisdom. But the answer for the peace and the stability that you and I need is not found in the kings or the presidents of down here. It is not found in a political party. Sort of disappoint. Our stability is found in the new kingdom founded by Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The Bible says his reign will have no end. In that kingdom you can trust. And on that promise you can rest. And so we look forward to the new kingdom. We look forward to the new heavens and the new earth. And let me remind you that that new kingdom is coming soon. All of these things that are going on right now remind us, remind us that the coming of the Lord is near. Are you preparing for the new kingdom? Are you living your life in such a way that you're washing your clothes so that you can be spotless? Are you washing your sin in the blood of Jesus so that you can be ready when the trumpet sounds? I encourage you to do so. What we are seeing in the news right now are just pure signs of the end of the age. Be ready, be ready, be ready. The new kingdom is coming, and I rejoice in that. There's a verse there on verse 28 that calls my attention as well. Right in this conversation of the new kingdom, he tells them, You are those who have stood with me in my trials. You are those who have stood with me in my trials. And so what I see here is the Lord is taking some time to remind them, you have been faithful to me. You've been good to me. You've been near me in this life that I've lived down here. And because of that, I'm going to reward you. So stand strong. I don't know if you're going to trials. I don't know if you're going through a difficult situation right now, but I urge you, stay close to Jesus. In your trial, stay close to the Lord. In these difficult times, do not be ashamed of the Lord, for He rewards the faithful. 
He's looking. He's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him is what the word of God says. And so that kingdom, that new kingdom is a reward for those who stay close to him in difficult times. Brother, believer, sister, are you staying close to him during these difficult times? I pray that you are. The next promise he gives us is, is that he prays for us. Jesus literally is telling us that he prays for us. Luke 22, verse 32, the word of God says, But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. Now this is awesome. Because the enemy came to attack Peter. See, the enemy has to ask permission to Jesus before he can touch you with a trial or a tribulation. Let me repeat that. We see it in Job. We see it here. It says, it says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. All of you, not just Simon, all of the disciples. So he's saying, Simon, he's talking to Peter. Yes, but he's saying, he's that's for all of you. He's been wanting to touch all of you with trials and, and different situations. But I have prayed. I've been interceding for you. You know those times when I go out and I spend time with my father? Guess what I'm doing? I'm praying for you. And the Lord right now sits at the right hand of the father and he intercedes for us. He's interceding that our faith will not fail. Who knows if the enemy has come to ask him to touch you with a trial because he has to ask permission. And if the Lord gives permission for the enemy to even try to come near, you better believe that Jesus is going to be praying that your faith will not fail. So through this trial, with the strength of the Lord and because of the prayers of our Lord, you're going to come through. You're going to calm out on the other way. This trial will end. Let me say that again. I know it doesn't feel like it. It feels like we've been in this for a while now. This trial will end. And what's going to be there at the end is my Lord, my King, my Savior praying for me. He prayed for me before it. He'll pray with us through it. And he'll be praying that my faith is strong even afterwards. Can I get an amen for that? If you say amen, maybe, maybe tag it or just put a little... Amen, a hand up in the Facebook, something. Connect with us. Let us know that you're connecting with this message. Hallelujah. Let us continue. The last thing that he's given us or that he has provided for us because he's the provider, our God of providence. By the way, that word providing or provider is the same, has the same root word, the same root for providence is the same root for provider. The Lord knows what we need and has made provision for us. So in this last segment that I see here, I want to remind and encourage everybody that the Lord has given us a future. The Lord has given us a future. Say with me that word, future. In fact, just say it. I have a future. I have a future. The Lord says that he has prepared and determined purpose and a future for us. 
that he wants to bless us and give us a hope and a future. And so, particularly Luke 22, verse 32, the Word of God says, and he's talking to Peter, when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Let me tell you what he's talking about here. Remember in that moment that the Lord is telling Peter, hey, listen, the devil has been asking for you, but I'm going to pray your faith stay strong. Well, Peter, Peter always has a big mouth, right? So he's like, Lord, I'm never going to fail you. I'm always going to be there for you. And he makes promises he cannot keep. And the Lord tells him very famously, tonight you're going to deny me three times. And even before we see that happen, even before that event that the Lord spoke and prophesied because of his providence, he knew ahead of time because of his foresight. That's another word for providence, foresight. Because he knew that was going to happen or right before that was going to happen, he tells Peter, I've been praying for you. In fact, let me tell you something. When you have come back, strengthen your brothers. What is he saying? Peter's like, what? When I have come back from what? Well, what the Lord is saying is, Peter... I know you're weak right now. In fact, I know you're going to go through a moment of weakness. Let me tell you what that moment is. He spells it out. But then he says, even after you go from your moment of weakness, I will restore you. I'm going to bring you back. That's what he says. When you have turned back, hallelujah for the hope that we have in Jesus. That even when we go through weak times, because all of us go through weak moments. The Lord is saying, when you have come back, that's, that's the hope that he has for us. That is the, the excitement that he already sees, and he sees us coming back already. He's saying, Peter, you, when you come back, when I have restored you to your full you know, office of disciple, because I will restore you, I will forgive you, I will take you back, strengthen your brothers. He's already given him a task. He's already given him a purpose, even before he fails. He's already prepared for him a future, a calling, what he needs to be doing. Peter would become the one who would strengthen all of the other disciples. We see that in the book of Acts. When he rises up with a powerful message and he preaches and 3,000 people get saved. The Lord was already seeing the day of Pentecost and the glorious outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the moment in, in which Peter, with his words, would strengthen his brothers. <laughs> How cool it is that we get to see Jesus not only proclaiming what's going to happen, but also what's going to happen after that happens. And so he just sees ahead. And I am excited to see how the Lord had prepared a future for Peter. He has prepared a future for you. I want to tell you that when this trial is over, when this season of quarantine that we're going through and all of the ramifications of this season, when all this ends, the Lord sees your future. The Lord sees your calling. The Lord sees your purpose. He's already prepared what you are to do, a task, because he sees ahead. Like I said earlier, this period of testing will end. And the Lord on the other side has a plan and a future and a calling and a purpose. There are families that are listening. I pray you seek the Lord. And you say, Lord, 
while we are with this family in our house, what's our plan? What's our future? What are you doing with our family? I pray after this is over, a lot of families surrender to the call of God to ministry. A lot of families surrender to the call of God to the mission field. In fact, statistically, after every economic downturn, there is a uptick in people who go to the mission field. I was studying this last week. After every economic downturn, there is an uptick of people who live to the mission field. I'm excited about that. I am not excited about what we're going through. I am excited about what is ahead and how the Lord is going to call so many because people are at home spending time with the Lord and surrendering their lives to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So beloved, friend, if you're watching us, you might not even know the Lord. You might not even go to church. You're like, what is this uh, broadcast that I stumbled upon? I would love to say a prayer for you of surrender. I would love to give you an opportunity to pray, to receive the Lord in your heart. And so as a church, it's one thing that we are praying and believing for, for an incredible harvest this Easter week, this Holy Week, as some call it. We believe that even though we're not meeting physically, God is going to give us such an incredible harvest of people who come to the Lord through all the different ministries that are going to be happening. The Thursday food distribution at 10.30 a.m., the Friday communion and Easter in a bag distribution, that's going to be awesome. We believe through all this, God's going to touch so many of you. Look on our Facebook page or our Faith Assembly slash coronavirus. You'll see more information there for you about the events that are coming. But before that, let me just say a prayer that you would surrender your heart to the Lord. So right there where you're at, I want to ask you to please pray these words after me. Dear Jesus, I come to you because you are the Lord. I recognize you as Lord. I recognize you as King. I recognize you have a plan and a future for me. Thank you for your new covenant. Thank you for the forgiveness of my sins. Thank you that tonight I can be washed clean and be ready for your coming. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Come to my heart and give me a new life. <laughs> this Easter week, I surrender my heart. I surrender my all. In fact, Jesus, take care of me. Take care of my family. Take care of my home, I pray. Lord, we can trust you, for you are the God of providence. You know all things, and in your name we trust. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Word of God, and we pray you continue to be encouraged tonight. Bye-bye.